come on, come on. From ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard, I sell it with one will. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio? El Paso, Abilene, people up in the Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Your number to participate is one eight seven seven three seven four seven four six three, or you can get the one and just say eight seven seven three seven four four. Excuse me, seven four six three or eight seven seven three seven grind. All right. Keep in mind if you know what you want to talk about, like usual for our new list, you don't know. It is always open phone lines. The only thing we ask is you be patient during the segments and during the long breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. You might want to time your phone calls in regards to with our new system, the way it's set up, pretty much called during the segment breaks or right there toward the last segment. You'll get used to it. Uh, but also keep in mind if you want to stream the show live, you can always go to Facebook Live, the Sports Grind Entertainment Business Facebook page. You can stream the show there or you can go to my personal page as well. You can stream the show live. You can leave comments. I'll respond to those in real time. If I see them, if not, I'll respond to them later. And keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily. And if you're not in one of our markets that have a terrestrial and you want to know how to listen, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com as well and click the play button. All right. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. Just a little program announcement just to set up, uh, give you a heads up. Um, <clears throat> normally, you know, like I said, I did a video about a few weeks ago before we add the affiliates and did our changes. Uh, but did I make, make it aware that we got an old English bulldog, uh, basically that's dealing with, uh, anal gland cancer that's going through there. He's only six years old, but normally AC's got him babysitting during the time that I'm on air in the studio here at house so he's a big dog so if he barks you hear him just bear with us because usually ac's there but he's usually good see and he hears me talking about him so he's already wanting but anyway all right man so this is the deal we've got a lot to get to today uh first off um you know of course we're going to be football heavy we've got the super bowl out in the big toaster set the matchups are set so therefore what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and look and break down those pre uh, break down those games of course the nfc and the afc championship game i've definitely got some thoughts on that as well on how it went down um normally um like i said there's some and, and again i know who we had as well, I should say who I had as pretty much the NFC representation of the uh, NFC, okay? There are some disclaimers to that, the way the game, but I, I am going to give credit to Philly because Philly's proven that they're pretty much a damn good team. Uh, you know, they've been pretty much consistent wire to wire. They were the number one seed in the NFC for a reason. So we want to give uh, props to Eagles. But I think what yesterday – what we saw in regards to that particular game, and I'll explain more to it when we get into it, but really that sums up the whole, I think, 49ers situation, I would say in the last four years. In this last four-year run, it really represents, it, it kind of speaks volumes in regards to uh, their situation or what they've gone through um, in the last four years. So I definitely want to circle back to that, definitely talk about the AFC championship game, 
We'll probably start there here shortly. So we've got definitely football heavy as we're down to the Super Bowl matchup in the big desert here in the next week. Also, you've got NBA that continues to roll on. The Spurs are in action tonight at home um, against the Wizards, I believe they have tonight at home. Um, you know, I kind of touched on them. It's really, I mean, we know the situation at hand and really what they're playing for uh, this year. But I talked about effort last week. Uh, last week, as I said, there's a concern with the effort that's kind of getting in. I understand this is right at the break. It's a long season. A lot of these guys are young. A lot of these guys are still not even accustomed to playing a full 82. And the role that they're playing now for the Spurs. Uh, but they're in action tonight with Wizards, which Wizards, it just depends on what Washington team shows up from night to night, what effort you're going to get from the Wizards. Uh, speaking of the NBA, the Lakers got screwed over the weekend in Boston. I was watching that game in real time. Um, look, what you got, what, three refs on the court? You got three officials in the NBA or four on the court at a time? Three or four. I don't understand. You can't miss that call. Uh, you cannot miss that call. Um, LeBron, I mean, and really, you know, I don't want to go, you know, back to the last few games that they've called that has come down to a call here that LeBron was trying to rehash. But that is clearly a slap on the wrist from Tatum. And, and you know, to LeBron's defense, I know LeBron takes a lot of criticism, uh, but you very rarely see LeBron act that way in regards to not getting a call. I mean, LeBron is almost, I won't put him on the level, but it's damn near close in regards to how Shaquille O'Neal used to get officiated. Shaq used to be, it used to be the gift and the curse with his size because Shaq would be, there would be a lot of flagrant fouls, and I'm talking about 90s, late 90s flagrant foul, mid-90s flagrant foul, not this stuff now. I'm talking about real flagrant fouls that Shaq would just damn, if it was a guy that weighed half his size or was his half his height, they would maybe be ejected even in the mid-90s. So LeBron is kind of in that category to where LeBron's size kind of gets a little hindrance to him where he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, especially when he puts his head down and he drives to the basket. But they got screwed in Boston, by the way. I mean, it didn't even really take the letter the next day. You know, the NBA releases, hey, sorry, we made a mistake. They didn't even take that time. They did that in real time. Uh, you know, so therefore, that's going on. We got other NBA news that we'll talk about as well. College continues to roll on. You know, you'll start here. We'll start picking up our college coverage a little bit here, especially after we crown a champion in the football season. Uh, but just over the weekend, Kansas, uh, Kansas pretty much went ahead and snapped a, um, a three game losing streak. They were able to snap that by going on the road and beating Kentucky. Uh, this weekend over the, you know, on the road. So they snapped a three game and still, uh, self never, he's yet to lose four straight games. And they were, and you know, Kentucky's had their problems. I've kind of talked about Kentucky, uh, this season. They've kind of had their problems here and there. Uh, but pretty much. You know, they were able to go ahead and get a W because that's still a tough place to play, you know, on the road. You know, they had this SEC, uh, you know, Big 12 challenge over the weekend. Um, OU really just pretty much skull drug Alabama. Alabama was the number two team, uh, in the country. Purdue still remains number one, but Alabama really, 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 uh, got into, uh, them this weekend. And that's, you know, Alabama, I'll see where they go in the rating, but keep in mind, Alabama has dealt with a lot of stuff on the court. 
you know, I mean, off the court, I should say. I mean, they've got a guy that's facing murder charges, uh, pretty much. Uh, you know, I thought that would have affected them a little bit more than it was, but they've got beat down by damn near, I think, almost 30 points. And, and OU's not even ranked. Speaking of Big 12, we got a Big 12 showdown tonight. You got the number 10 and number 11 team in the country. You got Iowa State. Uh, they're basically going to be taking on Texas Tech. They got Texas Tech tonight. Uh, you got UT. And Baylor, that's an 11-12 matchup. You got number 11, number 12, Baylor. That 11-10, that's the 11-10 matchup that you got tonight. So college basketball is steady, getting ready to get up and going. Um, also, you have uh, some other off-the-field uh, news in baseball that is, is a sad situation. Uh want to say rest in peace to John, John Adams. You know, John Adams, which I'll get Jonas's thoughts on him here in a little bit. But if people don't know, he's the famous guy, fan in Cleveland that used to be sitting at outfield you know it's kind of basically spawned off a little bit of major league baseball but the guy that sat out in the outfield that made it famous to kind of basically beat on the drum you know he passed away today at 71 um also another sport lost a legend today in hockey uh, rest in peace to Bobby Hull. You know, he was the Blackhawks. I mean, this is way before my time, way before I even really paid attention, before hockey even came across my radar. But even if you're a sports fan and you're a passerby, you can know a damn thing about hockey. But you've heard that name, Bobby Hull, before. He's a Blackhawk legend. He passed away at 84. Um, also, Australian Open, Djokovic gets another title. Um, he was able to win another Australian Open and puts him right there tied with Nadal. I've told y'all before as I follow that sport in tennis, um, you know, Nadal, I just feel not taking anything from Joker, but Joker. Now, the one thing I will give Djokovic, he's pretty much seized the opportunity. He takes advantages of his opportunities. You know, the last few years, Roger Federer, we know he retired, but even in his last few years, he was dealing with injury a lot. Uh, you know, Nadal has kind of dealt with some injuries in the last couple years. Uh, you know, we know Djokovic pretty much went through the thing in 2020 during the COVID year that he didn't want to get vaccinated. You know, he had, he pretty much skipped the tournament because there was mandate vaccination he didn't play the u.s open uh, but make no mistake about it i believe in my opinion that you know he's had the best break and the best luck of health in my opinion you know he's he's a and but you know what to his credit he's taken advantage of it i mean he's taken advantage of basically being in good health and we're you know really i've said in the last 15 years i mean we've lived in a threesome tennis era in men's Djokovic, nadal and federa it's really been those three um, and you know, if you look at that, I mean, he's usually we look at Federer and Nadal, but on the cool, I just think Djokovic, and he's been there. I mean, I'm not saying that he's just popped up on anybody's radar, but I think that once we look at this last 15, in my opinion, the last 15, 18 years in tennis, you really look at Nadal and Federer, and then you have to look at there, and it kind of looks at you like, yeah, Djokovic has got that many, you know, titles as well too. So props to him. Real quick before we dive heavy into NFL as well too, um, golf. You know, um, talked on it a little bit last week. Everybody knows if you're a passerby, you know, there was some bad blood, uh, between Patrick Reed and, uh, Rory McElroy is over the whole tour live situation, you know, and not only that, you know, Patrick Reed has a lawsuit against Rory. Well, I guess I didn't pay too much attention to it, attention to it because I was heavy into college basketball and football this weekend. But I guess, you know, Rory outlasted him in the Dubai Classic. Uh, I guess it came down to those two. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, again, you know, 
golf, I talked about it last week. You know, that is the sport, even through the Tiger Woods era, post-Tiger Woods era. That's the sport that has been a gentleman sport. It's been a sport about respect. I mean, even though when you go and you watch it there as a fan base, you're supposed to, hey, be quiet. This is something that maybe the golf really needs. Um, and I don't know, maybe need is a strong word because you still have your purists that watch golf, that's been watching golf for the last 30, 40 years. And that's not too much of this young generation. But we talked about it last week when we had that Memphis and Golden State game. And at that same night, we had Brooklyn and Philly. You know, NBA has been missing that type of team robbery where teams really hate each other. And I think in an individual sport, even though it's an individual sport and it's a little bit different, I think it's good for the game of golf, especially with this younger generation. And again, all sports are steady competing for this young generation, this social media generation, the ones that have eyes that are very this microwave society. Well, how can we uh, you know, how can we grab their attention? How can we keep them as fans? You know, it's very important, I believe, for every sports to sing on that. And I think when you have a robbery, when you have two guys. In an individual sport, whether we talk golf or whether we talk tennis, I think it's very important. And it's not important, but it's very beneficial, I should say, when you have two guys that really, really don't like each other, whether they be teams, whether it be whatever, that really don't like each other. I think that's very key in that situation, how you grow a sport, especially this in days and times. So you have that going on. But with all that, uh, as we wrap, get ready to wrap up this segment here. Uh, let's get into the football. Let's get into the, um, recap and we'll start first with the Philadelphia 76, uh, seven, the Philadelphia Eagles, excuse me, who punched their ticket into, um, the Super Bowl. Uh, look, I know I had the 49ers, um, all the way through. Um, but you know, this was a situation where you got to give credit to the Eagles. Um, you have to give credit to them because they showed up. I mean, they were the consistent team all the way to the wire from start to finish. But I also know that this is one of those times to where the 49ers, and it's unfortunate if you, cause I was hoping to tune in to see two good games. We got one of them. Okay. I was hoping really to go ahead and see two. But it's one of those situations where it's unfortunate that you come down to a trip to the NFC championship game. And I, and I don't care if you have a dog in the race or you didn't have, you know, you weren't part of pool. You didn't have money on it. You're not a 49er fan or Eagles fan. One of the things that you want to go ahead and focus on and what you want as you're tuning in to this is you want to see a good game. You want to be able to focus on the new songs and you want both teams to be as healthy as possible in the situation. Um, 49ers couldn't get off to a worse start than what they did in that game. And really, to me, before I get into the whole Brock Purdy and the quarterback situation, um, we can just go back to the first play. And, and I told you on Friday, like, look, they're going to give up some big plays to the receivers. That's kind of where it's been known uh, for the 49ers. This is the weak length of this D'Amico Ryan's defense all season is the big plays that they give up on the back end. You know, they had them fourth. I think it was fourth and three or fourth and six. And Sirianni, he's been aggressive all season long, but I thought this was a point to where it was a 0-0 ball game and pretty much it's fourth and three or fourth and six, and he decides to go for it, which really was a little bit past the halfway point of the field where he decided to go ahead and go for it. Um, to me, 
in that particular situation, they had him. They had Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts being a mobile quarterback, he was able to scramble and show and find Devontae Smith that was pretty much on one of those scramble plays when you're when you're taught as a receiver, when it's like a, a so much of a jailbreak when it goes down, you have to find a way to go ahead and get your receiver, give your quarterback time to go ahead and complete that pass. Um I've got to hold the 49ers. Um I've got to hold the 49ers accountable. Okay. And what I mean by that, they're front off, they're up top, up top, because what it comes down to, it comes down to where you have a job to do when you're up at the booth, when you're talking about replay, it's those guys up job to look at a certain play and to know whether they need to go ahead and challenge it or not. And I felt at that particular now in real time, I can see how the riff, I can see how the ref was able to not see that in real time if it was a situation where hey did he catch it did he maintain possession but the reality of the matter is is that you have a situation where there's guys that are their job to do is look at the camera angles look at the play i thought san francisco dropped the ball when not being able to go ahead and pretty much um would not being able to go ahead and challenge that play. And you got to throw the red flag in general to be able to go ahead and challenge that, you know, because that was a situation where it ended up being an incomplete pass altogether. Okay. And I think it's a situation where they cost themselves. I mean, and I'm not going to sit there and say that came down to where that was the game, but the reality of the, the reality of the situation is, is that they missed an opportunity that if they challenge that they get the ball. They get the ball. Now, depending on what happens after that, it goes from that. But at the end of the day, they would have been able to get the ball back and that would have been a stop on that situation. So they were able to, they didn't challenge it. They missed it. And you know, the rest is history, but we'll talk more about it. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. Your number is 877-374-7463. And today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, that we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check on their latest products, especially if they're seasonal or you just want to order for same day delivery, make sure you go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. So picking up where we were talking about before. Um, yes, I just feel that, you know, first of all, Philly, um, they really came out. Uh, they knew it was going to be a physical football game and that they were playing a physical team that almost mirrored them in the mirror. Uh, so you got to give them credit for that. But I think that, you know, the 49ers situation, and I'll just go back to that because I just feel that in that particular moment, especially being in the first half and you can't really worry too much about challenges and stuff with a play that crucial, um, with a catch and you saw the reaction of, De- uh, Devontae Smith. He was trying to hurry up and get everybody back to the line. Like he knew most likely he didn't catch that. Now, granted, the first angle that we got, you know, on the, on the network, it didn't really show until they showed about that third angle or whatever. But there's guys up in the, I think without a doubt, because it was fourth down, you've got to go ahead and challenge that. So with that said, goes to the 49er situation. I mean, Philly, if I'm not mistaken, had seven points at halftime, had a touchdown. There was a point in that game where the 49ers had sent them out three straight times, you know, three and outs. But the reality of it is when Brock Purdy got hurt and evidently he couldn't throw, you know, he couldn't, you know, there was reports saying that he lost nerve in his hands and his arms that he couldn't really throw. It's one of those situations to where the game was pretty much over. Uh, when you come down to your four-string quarterback, and look, man, this brother, he, first of all, he was nervous as all get out. I mean, he couldn't, I mean, he fumbled a snap that came right to his hands. And then not only that, he was so nervous, he couldn't even recover it. I mean, there's one thing to fumble the shotgun snap, but the other thing, you can't even recover it. He was just totally out of whack. And he, I mean, he was on Denver's practice squad at some point in the season. They had him on his roster and they cut him. But if you look at Brock Purdy, and then when Brock Purdy comes back in after he goes out with a concussion, and you're talking about a whole half where you can't throw the ball. He threw the ball like two times. It was either that or stick Chris McCaffrey back into quarterback. He was the emergency quarterback. It just pretty much came. It was just, it was bad. It was, it was just unfortunate situation, but that sums up the 49ers run in four years. They haven't had a quarterback that can be reliable, healthy. They can't keep that. I don't care who it is. They can't keep that guy upright, healthy for the most part. The one year they came the closest is when they lost to the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in that Super Bowl. Um, so to me, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. But all credit to Philly, man. I mean, they're going to be tough sledding. I mean, I felt that whether it was Cincinnati won the game. I mean, now we know it's Kansas City. I mean, Philly is just a team that's really kind of breathing confidence. They're really breathing confidence. Um, and it's one of those situations. They're going to be a tough one out to beat. But I just felt bad in regards to the 49ers defense. Um, other guys, I mean, and that's football. I said it last week. I mean, to win a Super Bowl and to get to a Super Bowl, you're going to need a little bit of luck. And you're going to have to, and in that luck is about staying healthy, you know, but you, that right there with Brock Purdy going down pretty much the second play of the game. Now, granted, 
I think, you know, as much as I've praised Kyle Shanahan and their coaching staff all year, I've got to give them a little criticism, too, because the game plan of who they were choosing to block one of Philly's best pass rushers with the tight end was just bad. It was bad game plan. I, I have to be as much as I've given love for six months to Kyle Shanahan. I got to give him, you know, some criticism on that. That was just a bad claim. I mean, how you not account? I mean, Philly has a lot of they're on the pace in one of those Bears team, which I don't think this is nowhere close to 85 Bears defense. But in this modern era, it's a situation where they have the most like pressures and sacks they've got to the quarterback that's like there's record setting. So how do you go into a game where one of their best pass rushers, you're going to leave a tight end on an island? to try to block him by yourself. So a mix of bad luck and a little bit of bad uh, game planning in regards to Philly's defense as 49ers going home, but that's really their sums up. But Philly, they're going to Super Bowl. And to give some credit to Philly and the Eagles organization, you know, keep in mind, let's look at the timeline on this. This is an organization that we go back to the Andy Reid era. They went to three straight NFC championship games. They cashed in and went to one Super Bowl out of those three straight trips. Andy had the reputation that he can't win the big one. They can't win the big one. Then you go in and you have to make a coaching change. Then comes the Chip Kelly era, which was just a debacle. I mean, Chip is still younger at that time. He's coming from college. This is his first time in the NFL. He wants to prove, can this up-tempo really work in the NFL? Even before we got into more merging college Saturday to Sundays. They've got to blow that up real quickly. They make a Doug Peterson hire. He gets into the Super Bowl within his three years of being there. They win the Super Bowl Philly Philly special. Doug has a falling out with Carson Wentz, the franchise quarterback. They don't talk for a whole season after week two or three of that season. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, there's a marriage, the upper uh, management ownership. They feel like, you know what? We've got to side with Carson. We've got to let Doug Peterson go. Then you pretty much blow that up. Then you draw, then you uh, hire Nick Serrano. He comes in. And in his second year, he's going to Super Bowl. Look, the, I've always said that the Philadelphia ownership, they've got some of the better owners in the NFL. But I can't remember a team or a franchise in the National Football League since the merger, since the Super Bowl era, that has gone through as many changes that Philly has. And when I say changes, I ain't talking about quarterback. I ain't talking about a coordinator. I'm talking about GM head coach changes. Ownership has stayed consistent to go to two Super Bowls within the last four or five years with all those changes I just mentioned laid out to you. They had a form of stability under Andy Reid. He was there a long time. But after that, and also that puts a little bit pressure, and it shows you a little bit more of other teams and puts a little bit more pressure on other franchises when you look at them and what what's going on with them. So props to Philly. They're marching on. Now to the AFC side. Um, Kansas City. Now, Buffalo was my original pick pre-flop, just like 80% of the rest of America who picked the AFC representation. I uh, told you last three weeks I wasn't feeling comfortable about Buffalo. They went home, as I thought they could. They can't. They don't have a running game. They're too one-dimensional with Josh Allen. They'll never get there. Like I said last week, they're on the ver- he's on the verge of a Dan Marino type of career, in my opinion. So that left us the Kansas City Chiefs that were going to their fifth straight AFC championship game. All right. And basically that left them at home, the number one seed home field advantage. I went with Kansas City in this game. Majority, everybody, the money, public money, everybody had Kansas City because everybody, I mean, excuse me, Cincinnati, because people rightfully so people looked at Patrick Mahomes in the ankle, which I thought 
you know, really the line still would have been Kansas City favored by three or four or four and a half with a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but it got down to where Kansas Bengals were the favorite. It got bet all the way to by the time we kicked off, Kansas City was minus two and a half. Um, first off, I've got to give a lot of credit before we talk about the refs and talk about everything. I want to give a lot of credit to Spagnola, the defensive coordinator. I've liked Spags ever since he's been with the Giants. Um, the thing about him is that his defense, especially in Kansas City, you know, they haven't really gone through the regular season where they wow you, where they're really just basically, you know, flirting like a, like a 49ers defense or even a Philly defense, you know, a Cowboys front. You know, there's nothing like they, they haven't been in that position since he's been there. But the one thing I give Spags for is that in big games, whether it was the Giants two times at the Super Bowl, whether it was Kansas City their first trip to the Super Bowl when they won it, and now he relishes in the underdog role and he relishes with a hot quarterback and a hot offense coming in to play him. In a postseason elimination type of game, Spags has always stepped up to the occasion, and I've got to give him credit with that defensive game plan last night, the way they were moving Jones around from side to side on different opposites of the line. You know, Tony Romo kept talking about it through the whole game in the telecast. i got to give him credit. I think at times what I've been critical of Kansas City kind of showed in that game a little bit with their inexperienced secondary, with, you know, their plays that sometimes they get beat. They're still young. I mean, I think in the situation where you have third and what was it, third and 14, 13, there you've got to find a way to knock that ball from Jamar Chase. It almost cost them that. They were going to go ahead and score at that time. Uh, but really, Patrick Mahomes, don't, uh, you know, I'm not the type of guy, you know, for our new listeners, I'm not the guy that'll be prisoner of the moment. I don't like quickly making comparisons, especially in different sports and different eras. But I would say that with the aura about this guy, going into this game and his young career that's been just now getting going, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, that was his flu game. That was his Jordan flu game. And the only reason why I'm going to go there is because of that last touchdown that he threw. I mean, like at first seeing it in real time, I was just like, wow. He, 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 he put that thing in there in a rope with high winds and arrowhead, a cold night. You know, hands are frozen. You got a bum ankle. You can't even plan off all the way. That was a big time throw. But then it didn't do it justice until they really slowed it down and it really did, get, uh, did it justice. I know that Hasselback got on TV. He was on the Van Pelt last night. And I know he broke it down with the film from the eyes of a quarterback, really what he went. That was the ball game. And that was one of the best throws that I've seen. And under the circumstances and under his circumstances that I've seen a quarterback make. And that's why they're going on. I talked about it Thursday and Friday. The reality of it is Cincinnati, Bengals did a little bit too much talking. I understand that, you know, that's old saying even in life, you know, you know, to be the part, you got to act the part. You know, you got to act the part. You got to, oh, you got to fake it till you make it. Well, Cincinnati started to carry themselves, had a heck of a season. I didn't have them back in this conference championship game. I've apologized to Flip 210 enough. I've apologized to the Who That Bengals Nation, any other. I think Flip's the only, you know, guy we got in the 2-1-0 that's a Bengals fan. But anyway, I've apologized. But with that said, they started to carry them. And this just didn't start this week. This goes back to early on, probably week four or five, them saying, we're the team to beat. Okay, well, they were the AFC champs. 
It started talking after they had that rematch of Patrick Mahomes going back to Cincy where they beat him again. So you take that to 0-3. And then the mayor. I guess the mayor of Cincinnati really, uh, I guess he just stuck his foot in his mouth because, you know, it was really just, I don't know exactly talking about Patrick Mahomes, that we need to have a DNA test because it's, you know, and you could tell by the reaction after the game, it was personal. It was personal for Kelsey. I ain't never seen Patrick, you know, pretty much talk like that. I mean, Patrick has been in the MVP conversation since he started. Um, again, he was on his fifth straight AFC championship game. I mean, he's, he's beat some big time quarterbacks before long in his short career. I've never seen him strut like he did. You could tell that that was, a, that was a little bit more than your normal bulletin board material for him to sit there and say, I don't know if I got any cigars. Well, I'm going to Super Bowl. I'm hearing that his dad was smoking a cigar, trolling, and then Kelsey just let it go. He had to go to, he, he, he kind of pulled it out for Dante and Casey Rob. He had to go to the WWE. He had to go to wrestling, man. Started quoting The Rock, talking about your bonies and stuff. I'm like, wow. That's where we had Killer Trev. But Kelsey was pissed. And, and I get it. Some of those athletes, it's the same thing I talked to you about Golden State and Memphis. Memphis's problem. Memphis is a team, and trust me, they haven't won a game. I think they finally rallied last night and broke their losing streak ever since they pissed all Uncle Shay off. But they're also a team that the guy told you Golden State, it bothers them that y'all carry like y'all been to four, five, six finals. Like y'all got four titles. That pissed certain teams and certain players off that's still going through the grind. That's still putting in the work that's in their career. Like, no, you can't, you can't take the elevator. You gotta, there's no skip the process. You gotta take the stairs. It was personal last night, and I felt like they wouldn't do it, whatever they had to do. Kansas City was going to win that game. Now, granted, everybody wants to talk about the referee, and I thought for sure we were very close to see our first overtime. This new rule change, I I, I was smelling that that game was going to go into overtime. But the reality of it is, everybody's talking about the refs, and I've seen it on social media. Oh, Kansas City they put the the ref stripes in red, and Kansas City look. That was a personal foul. He had to call it. He did it right in front of the ref. Patrick Mahomes was out of bounds. And not only that, you pushed him from the back. That's a flush. I mean, first of all, he didn't really run all night because he really couldn't. But he picked his poison. That was an important time in the game. He was trying to end this thing without going to overtime to get it into the field goal's hand. And he decided to go in and muster up, suck it up, and see if he could run for about 10 yards. And he did it. And in that particular, the ref didn't decide the game because as far as I'm concerned, they were going to march and have a field goal opportunity anyway. It's just one of those games that where it, it who has the ball last, what's going on. And, you know, I heard um, Rex Ryan talk about this. I don't agree with everything Rex says because sometimes I think Rex talks emotionally and sometimes he talks, but he knows more football than I know in a lifetime. I can tell you right now, I agree with Rex's one when he said, hey, I'm surprised Cincinnati didn't come after Patrick. Why don't you really believe? Why don't you come out? You got to test. I mean, that's why I thought that, you know, the whole situation, don't want to rehash that. That's why I've always thought that bounty thing was always overrated with the Saints. Man, in NFL and locker rooms, even in this day and time, whatever, you, there's, there's stuff that's said that everybody, you don't want to injure, you don't want to ruin somebody's career. Those are your peers. They've got families. They got that. But when you're dealing with a guy of Patrick Mahomes' talent, and everybody and their mom knows he's dealing with a high ankle sprain, which is the cousin to almost a broken ankle. Why didn't they come after him more? Why didn't they try to hit him more? Um, if you want to be critical of Cincinnati, you can do that. But to me, the refs didn't cost Cincinnati that game. Okay? 
Well, we want to talk when we want to complain about refs and costing it. You can go back to a few years ago to an NFC championship game between the Rams and the Saints. That is costing a team a game. Now, credit to Zach. You know, he's kind of been in my, oh, I don't know how look at Zach. He, you know, he kind of dubbed it real quick. Say, hey, man, we, there's other plays throughout that game that we can, we're not just going to talk about that play. It was a bonehead play. It was bonehead. You know, and sometimes, and I understand it's a game that I've never played at that level. So I understand there's emotion, especially a trip to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is what you all work for. This is, this is what since April, since OTAs, you've been working for toward this. So I get it when you feel like it's slipping from your hands or you feel the rest. At the end of the day, you can't make that mistake. You can't get, give an additional 15 yards on a penalty when the ref is right there. And not only that, I mean, we talk about it. Media talks about it. Fans talk about it. Social media. We already know that there's certain quarterbacks that are going to get the benefit of the doubt, whether refs want to admit that or not. It's human nature. That's Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He put, I mean, the guy pushed him like that was like Garn Minshew or something. That's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to get that call in Arrowhead. But Kansas City's moving on, and, and, and it's an impressive. But like I told you, and we've got a whole time to talk about this. We'll probably get, get into it and break it down more next week. But the reality, and, and I've already heard Dan Olaski, that's why I messaged Kansas City Rob last Thursday, and I brought this up because I believe that this is going to start. And I'm not saying it's fair. But it's the time we live in. How many Kansas City trips that they've been through led by Patrick Mahomes? And this is going to be his third Super Bowl appearance. And he's got five straight AFC Championship games. Look, he's going up against a a pretty damn co a good component. Because, first of all, when you're as hot as Philly and you believe confidence, I don't really care what the roster really looks like. When you get to this point, it's hard to be stopped. I've been watching football to love to know to see those type of teams that got that confidence, let alone Philly's got a hell of a roster. It's a tough task. But my point is, he's got to win this game. And the society where we in, we to, to keep that that, you know, bubble wrap around him, like, hey man, this is we're witnessing, we're witnessing history. This is a quarterback that's the Messiah. We're witnessing history. He's got to go ahead and win that. Why? It's the same thing LeBron James have dealt with. It's the same thing LeBron James dealt with. It was the king. Now, the difference between him and Patrick, Patrick didn't have the criticism prior to stepping on an NFL field like LeBron did stepping on the court. But coming he was a coming out of high school, but he was the chosen one. And it was always the king with no rings. But then when he got the title, the LeBron haters, or were they, they had to go find something else. Patrick don't have to really go through that. That's not the comparison. But the comparison is that record. And, you know, he's going to have, this is an important Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. More Patrick Mahomes. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing to spend the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.